I'm so glad that you joined us today. God wants to do so much for you, through you, and we want to hear about it. Please take a moment to send your prayer request and share your story with us at jcc.life forward slash prayer. If you would also like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at jcc.life forward slash give. There you can simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Some of us have skills in mathematics. Some of us have skills in, in, in planning. And some of us are creative. And some of us are all about logistics. All of us have these skills that God has given to us. And the truth of the matter is he's given them to us for a purpose, to fulfill his will in the earth. But there's something about these gifts, these smarts, these wits that God's given to us that sometimes gets in the way of what he's trying to do through us. And I believe that we can't allow, we can't allow uh, our smarts, allow our wisdom to continue to ensnare us and keep us trapped in a place where God wants to move us away from. We have a thousand shortcomings about ourselves that bother us. We're too short. We're too tall. We're too skinny. We're too blessed. We're too outgoing. We're too shy. We're too busy. We're too lazy. We just don't want to do it, if we're honest. We're too old, and we're too young. And I'm so glad that, doesn't, that God doesn't see us the way that we see ourselves. I'm also glad that God doesn't see us the way that other people see us, uh, because oftentimes people remind us of our shortcomings. Uh, and where everyone else in this story, uh, they saw themselves as cowards and they saw Gideon as a coward as well. But at the same time, God saw a deliverer. He saw a deliverer, you mighty man of valor. Can I flip it? You mighty woman of valor. God saw a deliverer. They saw a failure. But God saw a deliverer. They saw someone who was small in stature. But God still saw a deliverer. And when you look in the mirror, I want to ask you, who or what do you see? What do you see when you look in the mirror? Are you not enough? Are you the last to be considered when you look in the mirror? Are you left out when you look in the mirror? Are you forgotten when you look in the mirror? Do you see shame when you look in the mirror? Do you see a waste of God's time? Do you see a waste of your parents' productive uh, things that they do? Uh, do you see yourself as somebody who's not smart enough? Do you see someone who is least of these? Do you see yourself as someone who is unqualified? I want to tell you this morning that no matter how you see yourself, no matter what you see in the mirror, God sees you as a deliverer. Amen. He sees you as a deliverer. The very truth of it is that God didn't call us here to this earth for ourselves, but he, caused, uh, he called us to deliver somebody. And more than a somebody, he's called us to deliver a lot of people. He's called us to deliver a lot of people. And you say, you know, Lawrence, how do I deliver a lot of people? 
if I can't even deliver myself, if I can't get rid of this shame, if I can't get rid of this depression that I've been dealing with, it all comes down to submission to God that as I give my life to him, as I surrender to him, as I lay down my will for his, then I will see that not only does he intervene in my life, but he empowers me to intervene and deliver somebody else. And so God sees a deliverer. God sees a warrior, and you've been waiting for God to give you more, but he told Gideon to go with the strength that you have. Go with the strength that you have. Simply enough, what you have, it is enough. Can you do me a favor? Make sure the person next to you is awake. Just tell them, go with the strength that you have. Yeah, go with the strength that you have. You already have what it takes. You already have what it takes. You, you've been waiting for somebody to come and give you something. You've been waiting for somebody to give you an answer. You've been waiting for a sign, but you already have what it takes. You've been waiting for the money to make that thing happen, but guess what? You already have what it takes. When God breathed his ruach, his breath of life into you, he gave you everything that you would need to do what it is that he created you to do. You got everything that you would ever need. You already have what it takes. You already have what it takes. I'm just saying it because I know some people don't believe it. You already have what it takes. Our shortcomings, our inadequacies, they mount up really high. And I'm sure we could, we could stay here until 2021 if we gave everybody space and opportunity to talk about what they don't have. 2025, that's a long time, praise God. Ooh, ooh, I just thought about how old I'd be in 2025, praise God. <laughs> Y'all, I got 15 years until I'm 50. I think Natalie is 30, aren't you 30? <laughs> I got 15 years until I'm 50. My question to myself was, and I'll just ask you, think about it for yourself, is how much more time will you spend thinking about your shortcomings? What you don't have, what you could have had, what you should have had, what should have happened to you, the way things should have went, the way they should have talked to you, the way they should have treated you. You waste time, and, and I don't want to be here till 2025. Complaining, wow. talking about shoulda, coulda, woulda. The Midianites, they were cousins with the Israelites. The Midianites were cousins with the Israelites. So they were actually family members. They were distant cousins, some may say. Uh, the enemy uses, the interesting thing is that he uses people that are close to us and the real ugly, honest truth is sometimes he uses family. Sometimes he uses family to discourage us. Um, and I don't think they do it to be uh, evil or to be harmful. Uh, if you were to ask a family member who gave you an advice, some advice, they'd probably say, I'm just being honest with you. If I don't tell you the truth, who's going to tell you the truth? Um, and they might, you've heard somebody say, you think you're better than us? We've known you since you were a child. 
you don't have what it takes. We've seen your failures, and we know all your faults. But there's a thing about family and a thing about aquariums that I discovered. Uh, there's different types of aquariums. Anybody seen an aquarium before, right? Uh, different types of aquariums. There's, there's freshwater aquariums, there's saltwater aquariums, and there's, there's all different types of aquarium for fish. There's aquariums for corals. There's aquariums for reptiles, and there's an aquarium for invertebrates, all these different types of aquariums. But specifically, the one that intrigued me is that there's an aquarium with crabs, specifically for crabs. And the interesting thing about aquariums for crabs is that you don't have to put on a top on top of an aquarium for the crabs. So it's left open. It's left open. The reason, the reason why you never have to put a lid on an aquarium that holds crabs is because as one crab tries to climb out of the aquarium, the other crabs will reach up and pull down the crab that is trying to make it out of the aquarium. So indeed, no crab ever makes it out because there's always one to pull them down. And for some of us, you could say you've experienced people who are some crabby Christians. They don't want to see you win, so they pull you down. Uh, some crabby Christians who smile in your face, but then pull you down with their words behind your back. And the reason why I say crabby Christians is because it's just the reality of it. Uh, that, that we're all trying to pursue excellence and holiness and perfection and who God has called us and created us to be. But while we're on this journey, I think a lot of us have to learn that the words that we speak have life. And that while we are tearing someone down with our words, that we're really just pulling them back down. And keeping them from reaching where it is that God has called them to be. Could it be that one moment in that one sentence that you spoke that deterred someone from doing what it is that they felt they should have done? I'll give you an example. I have an uncle who I love dearly. He's my oldest uncle that I have, and he's, he's a great man of God, and he loves God with all his heart. Some of you might have met him, um, and um, he said, hey, nephew, I'm proud of you that you started a church. I'm like, oh, thank you. Praise God. And uh, he said, um, you know, I heard somebody told me that's really hard to start a church in Minnesota. I was like, really? Why? He said, they said, Churches really don't succeed up here because of the witchcraft that exists in Minnesota. It's like they start, and then they just fall off. And then it's almost like, why even start? And so what I thought was, well, shoot. <laughs> why should I even start? <laughs> and that thought plagued me for a good two months, y'all. And I was like, I started counting up how many churches I had seen start and stop. I'm like, should I waste my, if this is just the natural of what happens, why should I keep going? And it's just that small sentence that was innocent. He didn't mean anything by it. But because of what he said, I gave a second thought to what I knew God had called me to do. Gideon was a coward. Gideon <laughs> was in, in a wine press. 
The Bible says that he was afraid of the Midianites and he was scared that not only would they take his, his little grain, but that they would take his life. So he lived life underground in the wine press. Sincerely, I came, this is just really my message, but this is the picture I saw that God showed me, best way I could describe it, is that some of us, a lot of us, if I can be honest, are living life in a wine press. Afraid of what's out there. Afraid of the unknown. Afraid of the known. The known is my past. The known is my history. The known is the rejection. The known is the abuse. The known is the hurt. The known is trying and trying and failing and failing and never making it out of the situation. And so, because I know partially what is out there, based on the history. I know that the Midianites are just going to come and they're going to ravage and they're going to take and they're going to abuse and they're going to burn up every single thing that they see no use for. I might as well stay here in the wine press, underground, lonely, by myself, depressed with my emotions. No one can talk to me. No one can get to me here. No one can encourage me here. No one can challenge me here. I don't want anybody to say anything to me. So that's why I'm here in this wine press. And for somebody, you've been living life in a wine press. You've secluded yourself. You've locked yourself away from people. You don't want to be bothered. You turn your ringer off, not at nighttime when it's time to go to bed, but you turn your ringer off during the day because you don't want to have a conversation. You don't want to hear anyone's voice and, and you don't want to be bothered. If I can speak for you, you don't want to be bothered with people. and You just want to be left alone in my wine press. And the enemy would deceive you and tell you that this, this little wine press is the safest place that you could be. He would tell you that he would he would tell you and deceive you into believing that that harm can't get to you here. Hurt can't get to you here and 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 disappointment can't get to you here. And depression, depression can't get to you here. Anxiety can't get to you here. And even in fact that that little spirit of competition can't get to you here. I don't want to know that anybody else is succeeding. I don't want to know that somebody else is winning. Do you know how many times I tried? Why would God bless them and he hasn't blessed me yet? Why would God bring them out and he hasn't brought me out yet? And could it be that the enemy has deceived you to think that as long as you stay in the wine press, you never have to know, you never wow, you never have to watch anybody else win. All the while, it's a trick of the enemy because if you've ever spent some time by yourself, even if you're an introvert, 
you get lonely after a while. And that loneliness turns into what the doctors call depression. And you stay in this wine press. You go to work in this wine press. You go to the grocery store in this wine press and you go back home in this wine press and, and you go to the bar in the wine press and you go to the to the gym in in the wine press and you get you pick up the the kids from school in the wine press and and nobody nobody seems to know nobody seems to see that really at the at the core of it you're living life you're living life in a wine press afraid afraid of trying afraid of of stepping out to what God has called you to do. And it's here that God, today, right now, you could be sitting in your seat this morning in a wine press, but God sent me as the angel of the Lord to tell you that you, you are not who you think you are. You are not the pain that you experienced. You are not the abuse that you suffered. You are not the words of abuse that they spoke to you. You you are not the mistake that your parents made. You are a mighty man. You are a mighty woman of valor. And that at some point, at some point, you've, you've got to step out. You've got to peek your head out of the wine press. But the thing about it is that when you try to peek your head out of the wine press, just like those little crabs, there's nothing covering you. And, you know, I'm, God, I'm really going to give it a try today. I'm just going to do it today. And as you move, depression tries to pull you back down. <laughs> God, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. I quoted the scripture like 10 times today. Surely it has to come to, and, and here comes disappointment to pull you back down. And, and I can do all things through, through Christ who strengthens me. Yes, I'm going to do it today. I set my schedule. I'm going to accomplish it. Everything's going to go good. And then mommy and daddy weren't anything. Why would you expect that you could be anything. And life, life, Satan, his little hellish demons try to keep you in the rind press. And let me tell you, like I tell Satan every morning, Satan, the devil, scoundrel, you can go back to hell where you've come from. If you gotta crawl out the wine press, if you if you gotta, if you gotta do it on your hands and your knees, if you gotta scoop out of the wine press, do whatever you have to do in 2019 to get out of this wine press, this this underground place, this this lonely place, this this place where, if we're all honest, it's comfortable here because I'm not challenged here. I don't have to be better here. I don't have to hear correction here. You got to come out of this place because when you come out of this place, mighty man, mighty woman of valor, God has so much for you. And like Gideon, 
He calls you a deliverer. Somebody's waiting on you to get out of the wine press. I got family waiting on me to get out of my wine press. You have family members waiting on you to come out of your wine press. They may never open a Bible, but the Bible says that we are living epistles. That when people see us, when they read our lives, they perhaps, maybe they will see God. And if Lawrence could do it, I can do it. And, and if Java can do it, then, then I could do it. If, if Camille could do it, then I can do it. If, if Natalie can do it at the age of 30, then I can do it. Somebody's waiting on the testimony, even if, even if it's partially fictional. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Journey Community Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by using the hashtag JCCMN.